Some people want the Pittsburgh Steelers to make a big splash in free agency, trade markets, the draft, whatever they need to do. We'll talk about what a real splash might mean for this Steelers offseason moves. Chris Carter, Jenna Harner here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find the show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making us your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today we are joined by Jenna Harner of Channel 11, WPXI, Pittsburgh. Jenna, it's always great to have you on a Friday. It's our first time doing a Friday show and not having any games to pick. And it's kind of sad because I'm just like, we don't have just predictions to roll through. There's no football to watch this weekend. What's wrong with me? I feel incomplete. I feel like (laughs) there's a part of my life that's missing right now. And it's selecting who's going to win a football game. Although I do want to say... Who did I know? Did you go to the Chiefs too? I'm trying to remember. We both put down the Chiefs, yes. And I mean, hey, I mean... We were right. We know we knows what we talking is about. Yes. Um, I will say I picked the Niners at the start of the playoffs, but I said like for picking the cheat for, for picking like the day of, I was like, nah, I'm going with the Chiefs. They're finding a way to win this one. Um, but let's talk about the Steelers. And one of the things that keeps being brought up is that the Steelers need to make a splash. And the splash meaning a big move, a big trade, a big sign, something that is huge and momentous that changes the direction of the franchise. And look, the Steelers want to you know, go upward. They want to make positive moves. And I, and I don't doubt that they're trying to make strong moves in, in this, in this off season to keep moving in the right direction. But when we're talking about a splash, oftentimes when you're talking about trade markets, and I've talked about this a lot with the Justin Fields trade talk and, uh, you know, the speculation there, the Steelers are in a position this year to add a lot of really good young pieces in a really good draft class at several positions of need center tackle cornerback safety linebacker defense like there's several positions that they could hit on for multiple rounds and I just I don't get the impression that this team is in the position to make a big splash in the trade market uh to go and try to get like a huge guy or even necessarily overspend to get one big free agent in free agency you know they'll they'll spend in free agency they'll go and get some decent names but like you know they're not, I don't like they're not going to be on the board for like a Chris Jones because he's like, you know, the top free agents that, that he's spending. Jenna, you've talked to Art Rooney. You've interviewed him. What's the sense that you've gotten about the plans the Steelers have for how they want to build in this offseason? I know fans might not love the sound of this, but from what I gathered with my conversation with Art Rooney the second a week ago, two weeks, a week and a half ago at this point, they're kind of just steadying the course because this also isn't really the way that the Steelers operate usually, at least in the time that I've been here. I mean, I can think of like the biggest trade, the biggest thing they've done recently. That was Minka Fitzpatrick and that was 2019, I believe. Yeah, yeah. it was 2019. Like that to me, correct me if I'm wrong, unless there's something I'm missing. No, that was a splash. Yeah, that was like 
the biggest splash. And even then that did feel a little bit uncharacteristic for what we usually see from the Steelers. And just, you know, in my time, I wasn't covering the team then, but when I moved here and started covering this team in 2020, that's not really their bread and butter. That's not their identity. I think they have the benefit in free agency. A lot of players, and we talk about this kind of consistently, the Steelers are still that brand name where people want to come here. Players want to come play for this team, play under Mike Tomlin, play for this franchise that's so historic and, you know, has a lot of really solid pieces already in place. And I think that's the biggest part for me is that I know fans will look at it and say, okay, well, this team is really far off from the Chiefs, the Ravens, and most of that can be true. But you still look at the pieces on this team and this team can really compete in the ways that they need to. Obviously injuries played a big role. We look at inside linebacker. Mm -hmm. I think if two of those guys are consistent, if you don't lose Quan Alexander and Cole Holcomb, things might've been a little bit different. If TJ Watt is in his hurt, you know, you can look and kind of point to all of those things, but I just don't see the Steelers going out and being like, Hey, this massive guy we need to bring in because I don't think they're one piece away from changing things they're like you mentioned adding pieces through the draft adding to your offensive line your offense getting a year older adding more pieces in there it's a slow and steady process I feel like that it's going to be but I don't see it just being kind of hey we're one corner back away from being the playoff team we want to be I just don't see the team being there right now that's the thing is when you make that move when you make that big splash, that that one player addition, and this is why, again, I am not. I don't think it's smart for the Steelers to trade for a Justin Fields if it involves an early pick. I don't think it's smart to trade up for a quarterback in in, the, in this year's draft class yet. You're not one, just one player away. I think that if you got one, you could still be competitive and better than with where you were. But the the, the direction that they're heading, heading, and I know some Steelers fans are like they haven't won a playoff game in seven years, but they are moving forward. They're winning in different ways that they that they've been able to in the past several years you can see the run game is actually a feature that is respected and now you're building off of that the defense is, is was tops was was the sixth best defense in the nfl last year the offense at the end of the season you saw it had an identity and now with a with an offensive coordinator that has a track record for building an offense with this kind of talent on it you can see a direction forward with them. You see a young nucleus developing on offense with guys like Broderick Jones, Najee Harris, uh, Pat Fryermuth, George Pickens. And, and again, if you can get that center, that like Jackson Powers Johnson, Zach Frazier, one of those guys, put them in the middle of that line, you have a core that you're building around of, along with other guys like Isaac Sayamalu, Deontay Johnson, and, and other guys that you have in the fold. You're developed, you have that core that's developing while you still have that defensive core that is that is still intact and being added on to with guys like Joey Porter Jr. and Keanu Benton. This is a team that is that is building towards something. And that's where I'm saying that I don't think that this is the time to derail that building for just one player. Keep building naturally, steadily. And and you know, I think if they do the job this year, if they hit on on three draft picks. Uh, you know, they, I, I'd say they, they, they've already hit definitely on three from last year. I think that there's they, there's two more that could still come out of that. And you could say, oh, you know, if Washington or Herbig really develop, they could also add to that to, to that mix. Um, but if they hit on at least three more guys in the draft and add maybe like one more really good piece in free agency, this team could be in the position for the 2025 draft for that year to be the year where they're, they're like, hey, you know what? We've got the core. It's time. To, it, now it's time to spend big. Yeah. And in talking with Art Rooney the second, you mentioned the draft. He, you know, I asked him, you know, what did he think about how Omar Khan did in his first year as the GM? And he spoke right to that. You know, he was very pleased with the way that they drafted this year and the production we saw 
from Broderick Jones, from Joey Porter Jr., from Keanu Benton, from Nick Herbig when he got his opportunity, and even, too, from Darnell Washington with the limited opportunity he had. Um, but the biggest thing, I think, for me, too, is going to be consistency going into year two. Okay, Omar Khan, you had a really solid first draft. How are you going to do this draft? Is this going to be another draft where this time next year we're sitting here and saying, man, the center they picked up, the corner they picked up, like all of these pieces we kind of expect them to bring in really hit. Then you can have more of these conversations too of like, okay, you know, there's a lot of consistency here. This is being built around, you know, these young guys and their futures. I also too want to highlight the fact that when I asked Art Reading the second, I know we talked about this too, but I asked him, I said, you know, what in your mind is kind of the biggest area of need for this team right now? Because we were talking draft related questions and I thought he was going to go somewhere inside linebacker. You know, I thought there was going to be some area where he's like, you know, we were injured in this area or, you know, Hey, we're looking to upgrade our offensive line a little more. We didn't entirely love everything that we saw. He went right to quarterback play. He said what we saw from Mason Rudolph at the end of the season showed us exactly what team, what type of team we can be when we're at our best. And so for him, that was really intriguing to me in that way, just the way that he was like went in that area. I didn't expect him to go there, but they feel like if they can just get better quarterback play, this team can compete. And we saw that in the last three games of the season. And I think that's putting kind of a big, you know, can we pick it? You're kind of on notice here type thing. Yeah, absolutely. But to me, that really indicated that he feels confident in a lot of other areas of this team. And again, there are a lot of improvements that can be made across the board in terms of, you know, adding to your inside linebackers, getting stronger on offensive line. But Art Rooney was like, hey, we need better quarterback play for anything to happen here. And I think that's going to be the biggest thing. It's not going out and making this big splash trade. And also, I'm, I am i don't think Justin Fields is coming here. I really I really don't at all. But that's just – I'm just adding that just because it's crazy. I, I do I do, I do, do want to touch a little bit, and I'm glad you ended with that because I think what we want to talk about is what the Steelers' trade market could even look like for what they want to do moving forward. We'll talk about that in the next in the next segment here. On the Locked On Steelers podcast, Chris Carter, Jenna Hunter, stick with us. we still got a lot to discuss. But first, I want to remind you that this show is brought to you by DoorDash. We're all busy in today's world, and finding the right, to, finding the time to go get your dinner can always seem like an extra chore at the end of a long day. That's where DoorDash comes in as one of my favorite apps to use every week. DoorDash allows me to pick my favorite restaurant, whether I want something healthy, tasty, or even both, or even if I feel like cooking at home, but I'm missing the right ingredients and I don't want to go to the grocery store, DoorDash can even pick up what I need from the grocery store, have it delivered right to my home. A lot of times, I'll even be on the way home, and I'll be like, I don't feel like it today. DoorDash, come and save me. Download DoorDash right to your phone, and then you can do that from anywhere and have food ready for you right when you get home. If you want even more value, you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. All that can be gotten right on the DoorDash app, right on your phone. Do- DoorDash is the all-in-one app for your everyday needs, from restaurants to groceries to flowers and gifts. The next time you're running low on dinner ideas, pet supplies, or just time, you can get so much more than you realize delivered. Football season may be over, but with the thick of basketball games, the school year, and just winter straight up, it can there, there can be a million different reasons to get on DoorDash right now. So hop on the on, on the app, make your day a little bit easier, and go to DoorDash. Your door to more. Head to DoorDash to the DoorDash app today to get everything you need delivered.
Back here in the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Jenna Harner of Channel 11 WPXI. Jenna, let's talk about what the Steelers trade market might actually look like. I've talked a lot about the Justin Fields trade, and there's some people that think I'm crazy for saying that Justin Fields shouldn't be a traded for for more than a day three pick, and then Bears fans are coming up, we're not giving up a day three pick for Justin Fields. And like, I know, I, I, I agree, you're not going to, which is why I'm saying it's probably not going to happen. The Steelers aren't giving up a, a second or third round pick for the guy, but I don't, I'm not ruling out the potential for trades at all for the Steelers. They made trades during the draft to move up and down the draft. Uh, you know, at, at, the, at that point last year, they traded away Kevin Dotson. Uh, you know, to get to get to move to swap picks and, and things like that. I think there could be middling drafts or middling trades where the Steelers maybe give away because they have two fourth round picks this year. Maybe they give away one of those picks. Uh, or swap picks to pick up uh, a veteran to, to kind of bolster the depth at corner or bolster the depth at, you know, safety or, or one of those other positions or any position you know, that they, they feel like, hey, we need to strengthen our depth chart. But I think that that's the move right now the Steelers might be looking at more so than like a big trade to get a super starter that that's going to cost them, you know, a first, second or a third round pick. Yeah, and I think we kind of saw that a little bit last year with how calculated Omar Khan was. And in mm. terms of, okay, yes, they're trading up. They traded, what, was three spots up in the first yes. round to get Broderick Jones? Yeah, so, yes. like, and they didn't give away this massive haul there. Like, it's just those little types of moves where it's like, this is beneficial for both sides. The Steelers aren't giving up an arm and a leg to just get one player. It's like, you know, it's going to be a smart move. It's going to be a calculated move. Obviously not a ton of risk in that way. I think we're going to see that. We're going to see maybe a couple like middle round trades or maybe again with that, you know, those two fourth round picks, maybe it's, hey, we're looking to get some guy. We're going to send you mm, this guy and, you know, throw in that pick for your, the guy that they want in return. It's going to be fairly even. I don't think it's going to be the Steelers are giving up a first, second round. Like, I mean, Again, you go back, they I think when you look at what they gave up to get Minka Fitzpatrick and the way that they didn't have the first that year and all yeah. the trickle down effects of the quarterbacks, I think that I don't really want to say set them back, but I just feel like that was a little bit of like, okay, this is you know, you get a player like this, you're gonna be hurting in other areas, and you kind of saw that a little more reflected. So I don't see based on where this team is at right now, this big massive, you know, oh, we're getting one guy and giving up you know, our second, fourth, seventh round, those types of things. I don't see it being this massive, massive thing, but you never know. I just, I, I don't feel like the Steelers are going to operate in that way based on the roster they have right now and the areas of need that they need to fit. Absolutely. And, you know, another way of thinking about this too is who are some players they might trade away, you know, if they wanted to, if they wanted to add into that, because that, that idea was also brought up by some people who were like, well, what if they traded, if they got, what if they traded Deontay Johnson and like a, in like a fourth round pick for Justin Fields. And, and I, I could kind of get a little bit more behind trading a veteran who you might not have, but I just don't know what value a Deontay Johnson on a lot on the last year of his deal really brings especially because also like you're going to be if, if they traded away Deontay Johnson right now they'd get 10 million dollars back in their salary cap but they'd also lose a playmaking wide receiver which means they'd have to get a playmaking wide receiver yes. and then that'd be 5.8 million dollars in dev cap space dedicated to not having Deontay Johnson um and and again Deontay Johnson you know I know some people don't like him but he's still a very efficient route runner. He's still a guy that can be a big playmaker. And if you want a quarterback to excel in this, in the first year of this new offense, it might help having 
you know, multiple receivers that you can count on for big plays. So when I look down the roster and I look at, you know, who are some tradable targets, you know, Johnson, Ogan, Joby, maybe, you know, I just, I don't see too many like, oh yeah, that's a, that's a guy you could easily move, get good compensation for and add thing. And that's why I just, I don't think the splash in the trade market is something the Steelers will be heavily in. I think they'll be in it. I think they will make some sort of slight move, but it won't be these big names moving that is going to take over all the headlines. No, and you make a good point. Is the Steelers right now, like, I don't want to say this in a, a negative, mean way, but they don't have a ton of tradable assets in that right. way. Again, if Keontae Johnson and Larry Ogajobi are the two best options for you right now, it's not, you're not giving a lot of those things away. And I agree, too, with the fact that, I mean, Deontay Johnson is now the veteran on yeah. that offense. He's the longest tenured member of the offense, exactly. which is bananas to say. Mm-hmm. But I, I think you that was such a big problem we talked about all off se- or throughout all the whole season was the youth of this offense, the kind of lack of a leader in that room. And I think Deontay is going to kind of have to shoulder a little bit of that. You know, obviously you want to see it on your quarterback, your quarterback be that leader, that voice, that captain on offense but you need guys like that and I think we saw some growth from Deontay throughout the year too I just I think that he is an integral part of what this offense wants to be this year and I think if you get rid of him again you're going to have to find somebody else you're going to be having a lot of dead money and you don't entirely know if you're going to hit or miss on someone and I still think this team needs to draft a receiver to add to that room as well yeah, and that's the other question is what the move needs to be at wide receiver. Allen Robinson's still officially on the team as, as of now as us recording this. I fully expect him to be cut because of his huge cap hit, and they know he's not worth that, and they're going to figure that out. Um, you know, but I, I don't I don't think that it's it's going to be, you know, their first pick or even their second pick in this draft class. But I do think the Steelers are in the market for a wide receiver who is a playmaker and can be that third option on the field and even develop into a second option with George Pickens. Because that's the other thing is with with the move being at wide receiver, Deontay Johnson's on the last year of his deal. If you sign him, re-sign him to another contract, that could be big money that you're spending on him. And that could also impact uh, the, poten- the potential future signing of George Pickens. And so I'm not sure how, you know, how they handle the Johnson situation, but the best way to be prepared for not having Johnson in 2025 is drafting a wide receiver that you trust right now or adding another wide receiver that you trust right now to pair with George Pickens. And if the three of them turn out to be a really good trio, awesome. Deal with that next season. But yeah. I do think that they need to find one more really good piece. And who knows, Calvin Austin could be that could be part of that, that mix. But I just think that with what they've seen so far, they need to add someone else to the room. And if you have four good receivers, because, you know, Calvin Austin shows up, that's a great thing to have. And then maybe you have some tradable assets next next season. But right now they need, I think, one more playmaker type wide receiver, whether it lines, whether they line up on the outside or in the slot. And we know, again, I probably sound like a broken record and fans are like, yes, we know this, but we know the Steelers history of drafting deep receivers deep in the draft. And that Mm -hmm. is something that to them is one of their biggest strengths in the way that they draft and the way that they always seem to hit year after year on those types of players. So I think that's going to be something too, where like they have, I don't know exactly who has all the Intel and we know which member of the scouting department, Tom Lynn kind of combined and all of that, but 
you know, they know how to find those guys. So to me, that's something where I'm like, okay, you know, even if it's a fourth, fifth or, you know, later round pick, they're going to find someone that is going to be one of those, you know, gems in the rough type players. And I think that is going to add to the room a lot. And like you said, you know, next year we could be sitting here talking and being like, Hey, this team has, you know, they definitely are going to have to figure out what they're doing at receiver and either they'll trade somebody away or they'll do that. But I think you need to complete that room a little bit more. Absolutely. I think that's something that needs to be addressed. And I think it will be addressed in this offseason, whether it be the draft or free agency or both. Yeah. Um, but that, but that's another reason why I just I, I think it's tough to see the Steelers making big splashes and giving away all this trade, this trade market value, or not the uh, trade market, excuse me, draft capital, um, giving away draft capital when you still have so many other so many things because receivers just one part of a very big puzzle the Steelers are still putting together. And make no mistake, the Steelers have a lot of pieces in their favor. TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick. Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth, Broderick Jones, Isaac Sayamal. They, they have plenty of pieces, but to put it together, to be the kind of roster like the Chiefs defense and, and having all the different levels, like the Niners where they have several key players, it takes time to build those types of rosters and it takes patience and then urgency in the right moments. And that's where I think the Steelers are at right now. But one of the bigger questions they have coming up is paying two of those bigger offensive names that I've been mentioning. That's Najee Harris and Pat Frymuth. Both were 2021 draft picks in the first and second round. And now their, their, their time is coming up to be paid really soon. We'll talk about what, what to do with them and how to handle them after this break here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. But first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class exclusive Blue, uh, Google built-in is always updating your, your, your assistant to call on for almost anything. Nissan's incredible lineup also includes the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder, which has room for up to eight passengers, an expansive cargo capacity, and advanced available 4x4 capability. With 284 horsepower and up to 6,000 pounds of towing, when adventure calls, the Pathfinder is there to answer. Take the Nissan Rogue, the Nissan Pathfinder, or the Nissan Armada to, and go find your next big adventure by shopping at NissanUSA.com. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, Chris Carter, Jenna Harner. We're going to keep it on the Steelers' offensive side of the ball here. Two players that the Steelers have to decide on rather soon about what they want with their futures are guys from the same draft class, Najee Harris and Pat Frymuth. Um, both have been very good players, I'd say, for the Steelers. Um, Najee Harris has kind of taken on a leadership role at times. Uh, he's 26. He's 20. He'll be 26 this upcoming season. Um, and, you know, with three years of experience in the NFL as a first round pick, they can decide this year to add the first year uh, to, to make add the first year, uh, the fifth year extension, excuse me, onto his uh, on onto his contract uh, to keep him here through 2025 and then decide what they want to do with him next year. But at the same time, they also have to decide soon what's going to happen with Pat Frymouth because he's also coming into the last year of his contract. He'll also be 26 uh, this upcoming season. And and I think this can be a little tricky for how you want to spend here because the Steelers, you know, you have those those things to, to consider right now. You know, you want to make sure that you're going to be prepared to sign George Pickens the year after that because of the way that he's playing in the 2022 draft as a second or second round pick. He's going to be coming up in the 2025 spending considerations. Um, 
there's a lot of tough, tough decisions they have to make as far as pillars they want to have on offense. The Steelers have been spending big on defense because they've had big veterans sticking around. TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, Micah Fitzpatrick. Uh, but now's becoming the time when to see if some of those offensive pieces also need to be to be big guys to, to, to be got part of the pillars on offense that they pay to keep around. Jenna, do you think that it is possible for this Steelers team to keep building in the direction that they want to while keeping both Najee Harris and Pat Frymuth on veteran contracts? This is, I, I wonder a lot with this, and especially I know that you, my mind obviously goes towards Najee and the running back situation because running backs, they, I feel like their expiration date starts the second they get drafted just based on the toughness and the intensity and the wear and tear that that position alone brings compared to a lot of the other positions. I go back and forth a little bit in terms of what to do here, because for me with Najee, we see the good and the bad sometimes, right? Like usually at the start of the season, at least this year, it wasn't spectacular. It was consistent, but it wasn't anything, you know, groundbreaking. But then the second half of the season, we see what he does and we see what he's capable of. And I think there's a lot of factors in that, you know, in terms of, the struggles the offense had, the fact that they were playing from behind a lot and weren't able to establish the run game as much as they want um, and, and things like that that didn't set him up for as much success as I think could have been. Um, and then with Fryermuth, I think my biggest thing is the injury concerns, the concussion mm. concerns to me. That is a little bit, if I'm you know Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Art Rooney, guys in that room making decisions about these guys' future, that is something I'm raising a little bit because he has had – at least three in his time here. I'm trying to, I know it's been two. It's definitely been two concussions mm -hmm. like that have kept him sidelined for a little bit of time here. So for me, I know injury concerns is kind of across the board and you never entirely know what or when it's going to happen in the NFL. And there are certain guys you look at, you're like, okay, these are just flukes. And I, I just, that to me with keeping Pat Firemuth long-term is something that worries me a little bit, but at the same time, we've seen what he can do and how versatile of a weapon he is when Kenny Pickett or whoever's under center can find him um, over the middle. And I know that's something that Arthur Smith likes to do a lot in terms of his usage of tight ends within his offense. So I, this, this one's really tough for me. It, re it really is. And I mean, I I'm glad I don't have to be uh, in the Steelers front office staff making these decisions, but I, to me, Harris feels more valuable here, but you can make an argument for both. You can make an argument for neither. Yeah, I, I hear I hear that too because um, you know there's upside and downside to both guys so so far. I, I think one thing that that uh, Pat Frymuth has on his side, and I think actually this applies to both. Neither guy is a superstar yet. Like like yeah. this isn't like this isn't like when Derrick Henry's rookie contract was over and the Titans were like, crap, that guy just had two thousand yards. Yes. You got to pay him now. Granted. Yeah. Najee Harris or Pat Frymuth could go off this next year, and that could change the entire discussion, which might help the Steelers to get in front of that this this, this year if they if they're that confident about both of these guys. Yeah. Um, tight end is one of the the lighter positions to spend at. It's strategically, if you have a tight end who performs very well, um, and not even on a Travis Kelsey or George Kittle level, but you know maybe like a Darren Waller, you can pay pay the, uh, to have a guy on your team who's a primary receiver for your quarterback without having to pay twenty million dollars a year. So. Exactly. Pat Frymuth makes a lot of sense there, as does Najee Harris. If he's a good running back, if you're paying him, you know, eight to ten million dollars a year, and he's, you know, a, a huge weapon in your offense, I think they need to use him more in the passing game. And we've talked about how that could happen on this show on earlier episodes. Um, but 
I, I think that both of them can be in the affordable range, but the question will be, you know, what do the Steelers prioritize moving forward as far as what they want to spend on? Because here's the other thing about this. Let's say you go into next season and um, Darnell Washington plays really well and you're sitting there saying, could he be tight end one, number, number one? Now, I don't think that's yes. going to happen right away, but they liked him in the third round for a reason. And if he can shape up into things, maybe you say, you know what? We really like Pat, but we have we we have to make we have to make other priorities in in this offense. Maybe it happens there. Maybe with Jalen Warren, they say, you know what, Jalen's a really good number two back. Maybe he could be number one with a different kind of number or you know another guy to split carries with. That's where yeah. I think the tr- the tricks are going to have to be played by the Steelers front office. Personally, I, I I really think that both of these guys have found value in the Steelers offense. I think that they're both great locker room guys, and they're nice. helping the Steelers move forward. And when you have great locker room guys who are really good talents, you want to keep those guys around. And so I think especially because I'm not 100% sure what's going to happen at quarterback moving forward. I don't know if you know Kenny Pickett's you know, going to stick around you know, past his rookie deal. Um, I don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be next year. But if yeah. you want to make sure that you know something about this offense moving forward and you have two playmakers at two positions that you could really use that veteran presence in, signing both of these guys to decent contracts for like a, a four-year period might be a really good answer to prep yourself for that. And that's a great point, too, is that there could be a scenario next year where the Steelers feel they have to move a different direction in quarterback, whether it's, you know, going out and trading for somebody or drafting, finding, uh, you know, trading up, drafting, depending on, of course, what happens. But that's a very real possibility. So you want a lot of the other pieces to be in place in your offense if that is going to be the case. And hopefully that's not. Hopefully either, you know, depending on all the things that can happen, but hopefully, you know, Kenny Pickett figures some things out and takes a big stride and takes a big step going into this year or, you know, whatever free agent, whoever they bring in, whether it's Mason or some other guy that if they win this competition, you know, they're performing really well, but that's going to be a big question. And as an offense, you want to have as many pieces around so that if you do bring a younger quarterback in, there are established pieces to that offensive unit already that makes that quarterback's job a lot easier. And I know this is like thinking like 12 steps down the line, but (laughs) that's potential reality. This team might face, you know, a, a year from right now. No, that I agree. That's part of that's part of what you want is, and I I always felt like at the end of the 2010s, that's what they were trying to set up by signing Pouncey and DeCastro. They wanted to sign Le'Veon Bell to a long term contract, and Tony Brown. They wanted to have a nucleus for that. Whenever Ben Roethlisberger's era ended, they could plug in a quarterback who would have an All Pro running back, an All Pro wide receiver, two All Pro offensive linemen. But yeah. as we know, history went. Le'Veon Bell didn't show up. He's gone. Antonio Brown went crazy. He's gone. Pouncey, injuries, retired early. DeCastro, injuries, retired early. And that kind of ruined that stage. You've now drafted some playmakers that you like, not only as players, but also as as character guys. And I think that's another part that's really important to this locker room is having character leaders. And I think both Frymuth and Harris are on that level. And that's why I think actually paying both of them, you know, not game breaker money, but paying both of them to be solid veterans for the next three to four years and to set the tone for the offense, that could very well be the answer. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Again, you know, these guys, the Steelers pay a lot of attention to to the types of people these guys are, and that's a big value, and that's a big factor in uh, uh, a lot of the guys that they bring in. And I think that, you know, we, we've seen some ups and downs in terms of just the frustrations from Harris and the way he sometimes, you know, is frustrated with the way things are going and sometimes doesn't want to communicate that as much. But at the same time, there's no denying the leadership he has in that room and kind of, you know, guys do seem to really listen to him and Pat and respond to both of them. So they're, they're, you know, integral parts of this offense right now in terms of both what they bring on the field and the leadership side of things as well. Absolutely. We'll have more time to look at the potentials for what's going to happen here in this off season. Free agency is still about a month, a little under a month away from, from beginning now, but the combines coming up, we'll be taking closer look at the at combines at prospects. I'll be, be at the combine this year as will Jenna. So we'll have a lot of coverage from there to talk about what we see there, what the Steelers see and who are the top prospects and what are our first impressions. All that here and more will be on the locked on Steelers podcast. Jenna, thanks so much for joining us. Let people, they can find you, follow you and get more of your work well thank you for having me on a friday as always it is a pleasure um you can find me on twitter at jenna harner 11 instagram jenna underscore harner uh and on wpxi either locally here in pittsburgh or online um we are working on some really cool black history month specials um highlighting some awesome people in the pittsburgh area doing some incredible work in their communities and also some pillars of Pittsburgh sports that kind of changed and shaped a lot of uh, what we see today. So uh, stay tuned for that. Those are uh, those are some really cool stories we're working on. Absolutely. She's Jenna Harner, Channel 11. They do a lot of great work there. Jenna, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you all for joining us here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, post-gazette.com. Find me here on the Locked on Steelers podcast every Monday through Friday on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this channel for more. We'll see you again here Monday on the Locked on Steelers podcast. Mm-hmm.